0: All right, we're back. It's running with the money. little gimmick tweak. Matt Gothard, Kent Brown, Matt with the artwork. Budding television gambling heartthrob, I think. Matt Gothard. Nah. <laughs> not, not, not officially, <laughs> not officially. Kent Brown calling in on the line. Kent, good to hear from you. Good to see you on this. Not see you, but good to hear from you on this nice Thursday morning.
1: I don't think you want to see me at 8.30 in the morning I feel like listening to me is probably the better way to do it So yeah, I'm ready to go I'm looking to bounce back from our moneymaker pick last week And I agree with you on Matt Gothard being the heartthrob He was out there with Andrew Santino and Sarah Tiana And he was giving them, he was, he, he was giving them all the business a little bit over there on Yahoo So I enjoyed seeing Matt up there on the big screen
2: I'm just doing what I'm told, man I'm just doing what I'm told But I appreciate the shout out Oh God. It's just it's it's a remarkable progress we've all made.
0: Uh but unfortunately not in the gambling books no. week two. I like <laughs> week two, it's fun. I think there was I think there was a lot of games to go off of, but we'll start with what we didn't get right and that moneymaker pick. We were debating a couple things. We threw out some good advice that we didn't take. We really should have just taken the Stanford-USC under. Which was easy hit, just so we
2: can all clarify that quick.
0: <laughs> Which was an easy hit, but Clemson only wins by two points. They do not cover. It looked good early, but it just didn't happen. Kent, I know you were watching this game. Do you think this was I'll, – I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Did Texas A&M go out there and steal this spread, or, or did they – flat-out deserved to be in this game. It seems to me, at least my perspective, that A&M was right there. They were making some plays. Clemson didn't exactly fold.
1: Yeah, they made a lot of plays in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter. There were a lot of 50-50 balls that A&M won, but to me that goes on the offense. You have to make those plays and the ball's in the air. Clemson's good, but they didn't look as good in this game as we were hoping they would. They were up 21-6. to You're thinking they'll probably win by about two touchdowns. And then in that fourth quarter, A&M scored 13 unanswered, missed the two-point conversion. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think they earned the two-point loss, and they weren't lucky or they didn't steal the lot.
0: I'm also in the position now, and I, and I just think that SEC West is loaded. I mean, good luck betting on a lot of those uh, a lot of those games because I think it's just going to be a bloodbath. But we talk about this type of year and, and what makes you feel a little confident. Maybe it is. Maybe our moneymakers should be, Matt focus more on over-unders because I feel like we have a better read on them at least early in the
2: season I don't know man I just feel so bad because I was I was doing so good we were doing so good on Saturday man I hit Michigan minus 27 Alabama minus 36 and a half Virginia backdoor covered seven and so my brother hit me up he's like I really want to take Texas A&M and I was like no man we have the we have the moneymaker bets (laughs) Clemson we never lose and uh, we lost. So. We, win, one. we
0: <laughs> win once, we never lose. Yeah. Uh, another big lift, Kent, was unfortunately that over-under in the desert. I know it's a it's a sore subject for, for Matt over here, but Arizona State, Michigan State, not only didn't have many points, they had very few points. And Arizona State grinding out a win, I, I, for one, did not see that scenario coming at all.
1: Yeah, I definitely bought into the fact that this would be a high-scoring game and it was anything but... I do want to give a shout-out. Gothard and I both said last week that Iowa would cover the three or three-and-a-half yeah. against Iowa State. So we got that right. I was able to salvage some of my Saturday by winning that. But, yes, Arizona State, Michigan State was – as Herm Edwards said after the game. It was like an NFL game. That's the way it played out. And when you bet an over in college football, you never want somebody <laughs> to say it's like an NFL game.
0: No, never. Uh, that was her, Herm Edwards' rare clock specialist. It was kind of weird, and, and I guess in a way refreshing to see somebody know exactly how to just milk out a victory and not blow it. But I will say this, though. My biggest my biggest success was coming around to your guys. I, I flipped. I flipped Saturday morning. This is going to happen occasionally. I rode the Mississippi State train. I had an epiphany. Ooh, there you I go. switched there. That, along with one of the few beats I got right this weekend, Houston. Just destroying Arizona at 9 a.m. Arizona looks like a disaster. But those two together in a little parlay,
2: that basically salvaged everything for me this weekend. I just don't believe in Pac-12 defenses. I, I'm, I'm going to wait until they can prove themselves to me. Maybe Washington. But other than that, I just don't. There's not one out there that I'm like, that's a defensive squad out there. Sorry. Had to put that in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ken, I think 9 a.m. starts. Basic, I don't know what the data says, but give me betting against the Pac-12 team in the Central Eastern time zones.
1: Well, how about this, though? If you look at this week, by the way, you're talking about Pac-12 teams playing early games, 9 a.m. start. Hawaii, this Saturday, they're at Army. That's a 6 a.m. Hawaii time. They start at noon Eastern and West Point right off the Hudson in New York City. Oh, that's like
0: half the day already I mean, for six, Army. <laughs> yes, <a>
1: <laughs> 6, six a.m. is when Hawaii is kicking off. I'm not saying – Army favored by a touchdown, but that is one of the weirdest times a team will ever start a game in terms of their local time. We thought last week Michigan State was weird starting at 10.45 p.m. their time. Imagine getting up for a game at 6 a.m. and being ready to go kickoff at six hours before you're normally used to getting up. That's odd.
0: Very, very odd. I'm also kicking myself for the fact that I'm still. I was not on the right side of history. Kentucky, Florida. <laughs> what it, was 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 not adamant enough about riding Kentucky. They end the streak 31 years. They were doing stone cold style beer bashes with Gatorade, obviously on the sideline. But they beat up on Florida. So we saw, I guess, in this week, Matt, that the SEC West is loaded, and Georgia pretty much already clinched the SEC. East. Yep.
2: Yep, and I, last week I said that I didn't think Kentucky was going to score. That's obviously incorrect, so sorry for anybody out there that took Kentucky under team totals. Hey, Ken, who had the worst week of week two, and why was it
0: even in a win, Florida State?
1: It was definitely Florida State. If you look at it, they, I think, were plus five in turnovers, and they still needed the score with four minutes left to beat the Stanford Bulldogs. Not Stanford, Stanford. <laughs> Nobody knew what their mass was. was terrible performance. Well, sadly I did. I don't even want to know why I knew that. But, yeah, I, I, for some reason I did know Sanford Bulldogs. It's actually Bobby Bowden's alma mater, mm. their the old Florida State head ball coach. He went to Sanford after he transferred out of the University of Alabama back in the day. But this is a game I've watched almost the entire second half because Florida State was losing. And it's not like Stanford was doing this with a bunch of trick plays. They had one wide receiver, McKnight, who had like 200-plus yards receiving. Their quarterback threw for almost 500. Their their offensive line protected well. And then on the defensive side, Florida State couldn't stop the Stanford pass rush for most of the game. So it was a, probably, I don't want to say a lucky win for Florida State, but definitely one that they had the battle for up to the final play of the game. So, yeah, it's just they don't look very good. And, I have a feeling we'll be discussing the Syracuse-Florida State game a little bit, which is at noon Eastern time, oh, just yeah. in a couple days.
0: Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to get to that. I, I do want to give Matt a shout-out for nailing Michigan in Week 2, the bounce-back game against a terrible opponent, never fails. Very upsetting to a lot of people that UCLA scored that garbage-time touchdown. Oh. <laughs> uh, if, if we're talking garbage-time. Everybody thinks it's just this, like, paradise, this mirage of happiness. No. no. It can kill you, and it, and it did. In this fashion, but luckily, Kent, no garbage time. Or, unluckily for you, no garbage time needed in that Penn State Pitt game.
1: Oh man, that was uh, <laughs> that was quite the second half butt whooping. If you look at Pitt, Pitt had over 200 rushing yards in the first half, and they only had six points to show for it. Penn State opens up things in the second half. They have a big return. They can run the football. They can pass the football. And for Pitt, that's a bad loss because if you're pounding our doozy. Your highlight was two years ago when you beat Penn State and then you won at Clemson. And then since then, yes, I know last year they knocked off Miami, but that was a Miami team that continued to slide into the postseason. And for Pitt, this game meant everything to them. And for Penn State, it is just one of many big games. And to lose 51-6 to is embarrassing. It's terrible. It was an ugly-looking game because of the rain. The punter, slash holder, he plays two positions, could not catch the football and I believe fumbled it three times, which I've never seen happen in even a high school game where a holder or punter drops three different snaps. But, yeah, that was a terrible performance, and uh, I'm glad I didn't go out of my way last week to, to really rip Penn State as much as I normally do, and part of it was I figured Penn State would win the game, so I didn't necessarily want to just go in on the Penn State hating only to have them kill Pitt as they did.
0: Yeah, luckily it didn't seem like that would have made a difference. You probably could have said anything about Penn State and it wouldn't have <laughs> changed the outcome. And, I, and,
1: and I've already won that battle. You know, so I don't need to go say a whole
0: lot more. <laughs> nice to always have that moral high ground. Uh,
2: Real quick question for you guys before we go. like, what, What's the strongest conference right now in college football, do you think?
0: I would. It's hard for me to go against the SEC just because of how deep the West is. Yeah. and we're, I wanted, we're going to talk about best te- teams that put themselves in the best position. AM, after a loss, might have actually done it themselves by showing that they're going to be a solid team. And, and I just think, I know the SEC East is pretty weak, but that West is loaded with teams, and I still go SEC. Yeah,
2: yep, I would agree. I mean, I'm a big time guy, but.
1: I might lean towards the SEC for now. One is I'm buying into Mississippi State, but also I'm buying into Iowa in that Big Ten, along with Wisconsin, Ohio State. Penn State, I think, is good. Michigan State, I don't expect to just fall off. I think they'll stay relevant. Michigan does have a great defense, but I do look at that SEC. Georgia and Alabama are two national title contenders. I would put Mississippi State as a very good team. A&M looks better than expected. Auburn and LSU both look as of now, better than I would have thought they would have been. I'll give a slight edge to the SEC, but I'm not necessarily ready to say it's a slam dunk no matter what SEC mm-hmm. the number one. I think I think the Big Ten's a close second.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and I do want to say before we move on to this week's games, big winners. The biggest winner maybe this weekend was that Stanford team. They beat USC. They grinded out. They look like they, you know, they score that huge conference win. They're my big winner this week. I will say also we talked about futures. We talked about like Heisman futures. Biggest sleeper by far in the Heisman race: Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins, who started out about a hundred to one. Wow, he's now like nine to one. Wow, the fourth favorite in the race. So. I would take that. <laughs> I'd still take that now.
1: And don't discount AJ Dillon, the Boston College running back. He'll be playing in a few hours. It kicks off at five thirty Eastern Time because of the impending Hurricane Florence a tropical storm, Florence, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's a big-time player, and they have a bunch of games coming up where he can make an impact. But I'm with you, Dwayne Haskins. I think I had right in my, my top ten, maybe seventh, eighth, or ninth heading into end of the year. He's arguably been the best quarterback in the country through a couple games. So he'll be tested, obviously, a lot more mm-hmm. Saturday. But, yes, Dwayne Haskins, absolutely. Right now, to me, there's three people ahead of the pack, and you have two of them. Jonathan Taylor, Dwayne Hopkins, yeah. And then there's a little bit of a separation. But Hopkins is right there in that top group. Certainly
0: is. And that's a good segue into predicting, making some picks. Week three, college football, running with the money here with Matt Gothard and Kent Brown. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, that wasn't even Matt. That was actually a sound effect. Um, we do have to say, Kent, you brought up. Hurricane Florence, two games already canceled this week. Central Florida not playing either Is West Virginia, not the biggest games. But I want to ask you, how do you think this is going to affect these teams down the stretch, teams with some, some serious aspirations that now have their schedule out of whack a little bit?
1: Well, UCF had this happen last year, so I think they're a little bit used to this. They had to cancel a game, and they never made it up. West Virginia-NC State's a little bit different because this was – what could have been another signature out-of-conference win for West Virginia? It was a close line. I believe it was only three or three-and-a-half. NC State always is a well-coached team. Brian Finley will be a, you know, probably a day-two NFL draft pick next year at quarterback. So for WVU, if they can't make up this game, and let's say they're kind of in that mold of being Big 12 contenders, you almost wonder if they try to make this up to improve their resume potentially because winning at NC State would give them a little bit of clout that, like a normal game against some nobody like North Carolina or like, for instance, Virginia Tech is playing, you know, a nobody that doesn't really matter. ECU is playing a nobody; it doesn't really matter that much. But for West Virginia. This could have really helped boost their resume. So I do think for them, it affects them. I don't think it matters five or six weeks from now in terms of how the team takes the field and whether they forget about this game. But when you look at your resume, this was a big out-of-conference game that they could have used, and now it appears that it's not going to happen.
2: Do you think they could make that – would they ever make that game up like week 13 or whatever, like when the college championship games are going on, if they didn't make the college championship? Could they make it up that week?
1: Yeah, it's possible, yes. If you're not in the Big 12 championship game and NC State's not in the ACC championship game, that would be a time to do it. I also think with all these storms that are going on now, and frankly, so I think the schools are being a lot safer in terms of not sending their teams into an impending hurricane like the way they used to, I think it would be smart, and I'm interested in what you guys think of. What if they just start the season a week earlier? So instead mm. of being Labor Day weekend, start it in that final weekend of August slash, you know, August 25th, August 26th, every team gets two bye weeks. And now there's more flexibility. Plus it gives the players more rest. I mean, ultimately these aren't professionals. These are kids that are going to class. You hope unless you're at Florida state or somewhere like that. (laughs) But generally speaking, you know, you're going to be, you can use that extra week break. So I think overall, maybe just give an extra bye week. And that way when stuff like this happens, you can maybe set up one of your bye weeks in the first half of the season, one of your bye weeks in the second half, and then it would be easier to reschedule. By the way, did you guys see, speaking of Florida State not going to class, <laughs> did, did you see the backpack they're wearing now, the yeah, turnover it's, backpack? It's unbelievable. How pathetic it is. That has to be the only time a Florida State player's ever wore a backpack <laughs> on that campus, right?
0: Uh, uh, so, man, my role is just not happy with you and what you're saying. But uh, yeah, I mean, more or less, I think you're right. Uh, I agree with that idea. I just don't ever see it happening. I think coaches and I think programs like the fact that you get all this time for camp and to get situated there. I just don't think the season would ever start a week early.
2: Well, we're already—they already started on the twenty-fifth. Yeah, I mean that's the
0: other thing. If we're, if we're if we're playing games,
2: like let's just actually do it, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I, I like the idea of building in two bye weeks. I just don't see it as a as something that will actually get enacted, but. Yeah, I, it, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that uh, a decent-sized game between West Virginia and NC State gets canceled. But, hey, you have to be safe here. All right, first game here to talk about in Week 3, that aforementioned game Kent brought up, Florida State, the new backpack-wearing Florida State Seminoles taking on Syracuse, a noon kickoff at Syracuse. Florida State coming off that not even close to being impressive win over Sanford Two-and-a-half-point favorites, Matt, on the road. I hate to tempt fate, but I like Syracuse here at home. Now, this isn't the most reliable team. They beat Clemson one week. They they can get destroyed or lose to a directional team in the state of Tennessee or Kentucky, but... I'm leaning
2: Dino Babers in Syracuse Dude Syracuse looked great Against an unknown Wagner team last week so. They've done this to us before <laughs> they, get us, they
0: get our hopes up and then just crush us I and know take money.
2: I, the second that I put money On Syracuse we're going to be back to the regular Team that we all know and love um, But you know what I have Not been at all impressed by Florida State So I'd, I'd, take, I'd take Syracuse right now I think you got to ride with the momentum Right?
1: I'm taking Syracuse all day in this one. I really – I love Eric Dungy. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. And when you look at Dino Babers, this is now year three in this offense. And, you know, Bowling Green, he was able to get things rolling by about year three. And for Florida State, a couple issues I have with them is they don't seem to have any identity on offense because, look, they're going to move the football against Syracuse. This is not a team that stops anybody. If you don't have an identity on offense, Maybe the Syracuse defense will at least man up enough to get, let's say, five or six stops. And if that happens, I think they have enough offense to just win. And look, I'm with you, mentioned that this is a Syracuse team you can't really trust. It's not like I would say, oh, definitively, 100%, I know they'll win this game. I don't think that's quite the case. But when you look at the Syracuse offense and you look at the way Florida State has just been awful all season, I think that Syracuse is in good shape here. The fact that this is an early start, I feel like will even help more because, frankly, some teams could psych themselves out, especially at home, if it's later in the day. Syracuse is going to go out there. They're probably just going to get in the rhythm early. I think it'll be a close game, but I'm with, I'm, I'm with Gotham here. I think the Cues ultimately wins. I think our boy Ron Schiltz, friend of the podcast for sure, is going to be happy. He's going to be sipping that orange lean. And uh, thank <laughs> you, Syracuse, man, all day. I'm taking Syracuse to win this game, and I can't wait to watch it. I'll be uh, getting out to Pasadena Saturday. I'm going to spend the day tailgating with some UCLA friends. Yeah. I'll be sadly probably watching a Notre Dame-Vanderbilt game on a TV yeah. stressed out way more than I need to be. And uh, it's just going to be a fun day, and if it, if it kicks off the right way and Syracuse is able to get a nice victory over FSU, uh, that'll be nice. So yeah, so I'm, I'm with Gawthurn. I'm gonna see
2: here all day. I just wanna say all three of us have now said Syracuse is gonna win, which has locked it in that Florida State's gonna you know yeah. bounce back this week, so everybody should fade that. Sorry Ron. Sorry. Yep, sorry, sorry Ron. Sorry we did that too. Hey, sorry Ron. Hey 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 Kent. One quick line I wanna mention.
0: The hurricane's gonna cover on the road against the mighty Toledo Rockets.
2: Jared thinks yeah.
1: I'm gonna say yes. This is a pretty good Toledo team. I just saw advanced metric on SB Nation, which Bill Connolly does a great job there. S&P plus rankings, advanced metric. He has Toledo right now finishing the season, regular season, with ten and a half and a half wins. So, Not bad. Uh, they're, they're a good team. There's no more Logan Woodside. Last year, it was a very competitive game for about two-and-a-half quarters, and then Miami separated. I think Miami will do a good enough job in this game to win and probably cover. But I, I'll say this probably midway through the third quarter, it's not going to look good. And then I think the athleticism, the big bodies, the three, four, and five-star recruits Miami brings in will wear them down. But this game is at Toledo. And I know we always kind of probably mention how Power Five schools don't play a lot of group of five teams on the road. Miami, at App State two years ago, were scheduled to play at Arkansas State last year. It was canceled due to the hurricane. And then this year they're going up – to Toledo, it shows that they're kind of a desperate program and that, like, (laughs) Alabama would never do this. No, never. Uh, But but you know what? Miami's going at Toledo. It's probably going to be a challenge. But I think they've come through, covered the line. It's probably down to the end. But I I expect them to win by about two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, they should. I I don't think. In all respect to Toledo, this isn't just a terrible MAC team. Like, you got Kent State playing Penn State. That's going to be disastrous. But I think Toledo's good. I think Miami should cover On the road. One of the games that I'm really looking forward to, Matt, though, is Oklahoma Iowa State. Iowa State, who beat Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma last year, at home now. Oklahoma is about a 17 and a half point favorite. Oklahoma, who did not cover an even bigger spread against UCLA, they're going to be huge favorites against just about everybody up until probably that West Virginia game at the end of the year. How confident are you that they'd be able to cover this one? And do you think Iowa State can keep it close like last year?
2: They look good. They look really good. And, uh, you know, Iowa State, they looked all right last week, but um, I'm pretty sure their quarterback's still questionable, that, right? That but, was a that... brutal game to watch. Yeah, like, I'm glad rough. you guys won your bet.
0: But my God. I tweeted out,
2: I'm like, I'm so sorry if anybody put money on this and sports to watch this. This is pretty rough. But um, I'm pretty sure Kemp is still, uh, there's a chance he's out. So if he's out, I think that they could win by 21 or more. Hey, Kent, Kent, how is Anderson's injury
0: going to affect Oklahoma, the spread, and and maybe the success of their team, I should say, going forward?
1: I think it affects them a lot because he's somebody you can rely on. You can give him 20 to 30 carries. And he generally picks up positive yardage every time out. I also agree with Gothard. We don't know yet if Kyle Kemp is going to play the Iowa State quarterback. He has an ankle injury the same day to day. My guess is he, either he plays and he's very limited or he doesn't play at all, and that goes in Oklahoma's strength. So even with Rodney Anderson out, I feel like this is a game that Iowa State was a better team last year. They earned that win last year. They made plays. They beat Oklahoma. I feel like the way Oklahoma's currently assembled, the defense looks to be better than it was last year, and with or without Rodney Anderson, I think they'll score enough to probably cover, especially if Kyle Kemp is limited or he's out of the game. Because Iowa State, yes, they have a good running back, but I don't see Iowa State being able to be one-dimensional for 60 minutes against Oklahoma and win this game, let alone keep it close. I hope it's close because I like Matt Campbell. I think he's a really good coach. Uh, Iowa State, in my opinion, kind of a team that I enjoy watching. But I'll say Rodney Anderson's injury will hurt them long-term a bit. I don't think it necessarily hurts them that much this weekend, but he's an all-American caliber running back that's now out for the year. So we know they have athletes Mitch behind him, but he was an established player that you can trust. And if you give him 25, 30 carries, he's probably getting 120 or 150 yards, and that's not easy to replace.
0: Guys, I just want to point out, the over-under in this game is 55 points. Ooh. I know Iowa State didn't do much last week, but it's Oklahoma.
2: Yeah, but if they don't have a quarterback, I just you know it could be a thirty-three to. Oklahoma could
0: conceivably get to fifty by themselves. Mm -hmm. Probably
1: not against Iowa State. I I I, I, Uh, I think Matt Campbell's a good enough coach. I don't think them. I don't I don't see them. I'm with Matt. I can see them getting in like the high thirties maybe, but I don't see them getting fifty. Okay.
2: All right. Well, shop down. It, it's a little tasty to me. That's all I'll say there. Speaking
0: of games that aren't tasty to anyone, I think this is the first time this century, maybe, or at least <laughs> in at least ten years. Guys, Kansas is a favorite in a game. <laughs> Kansas wow. Rutgers. If you're a, it, it, this is our degenerate corner of the week. If you're a true degenerate, then you might want to look into this game. Kansas three point favorites against Rutgers, and I think this is a this is what you would have like a loser gets fired match in the old school WWF Kent.
1: Yeah, I made a comment on my college football experience podcast. I said, I wish I had so much like FU money that I can go to a sports book this weekend and just put like 50000 down on this game just to see the reaction of everyone around you. <laughs> because you know, cause if you go to a sports book, for instance, you always see there's some random game that's on like a big screen. And you go, Why's that game on? And then that's because somebody bet it. They only put the games on the screen that people bet. That's the way it works. And I would love to just be that person to be like, yeah, fifty thousand. You know, whether it's Rutgers Kansas, it, who cares? You,
3: you, and just watch
1: everyone around you go like, wait, are you serious? Like, you know, are you planning on killing yourself tonight? Like, what am I missing? You probably, but I think overall,
0: you'd probably swing the line if you did that. If you put right, fifty grand on this game, it'd probably swing about. You know, a that's
2: heavy so. money coming in on Rutgers.
1: And that, yeah, that would be the saddest part of it. Is I don't even think you make this bet caring. Like what? one side or the other you make the bet strictly based on the fun of knowing you bet kansas rutgers i think we all should i don't think it should be our moneymaker but we should all agree one way or another on this line and actually make like a five or ten dollar bet on it just so we actually have a reason to track rutgers kansas this weekend you know if we are a podcast where we're supposed to be degenerate gamblers who are out here kind of betting random stuff we have to bet this game, don't we? It doesn't have to be our money maker, but we have to actually put like five or ten bucks down on this each just because we wouldn't be doing our due justice unless we did that, correct?
2: I'm just, I'm just saying there's no way I'm betting on this game unless I'm taking Rutgers because I'm not giving up points and I'm making as much money as I can on this if I'm forced to watch it, so... That would be where I'm...
1: Well, you bet Rutgers last week, and that didn't turn out no. that well. You
2: know what? One day we're going to hit, day. and I don't really want to talk about it right
1: now.
2: <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> it, yeah. I think there's such They cover thing... that spread in the first quarter, I think.
0: Is there such a thing as a home field disadvantage? Because I think that's what Jeez. Kansas has. <laughs> I don't know. But all right, guys. Keeping it going here on Running With The Money. Kent. Notre Dame this week. Vanderbilt. At home. 13.5 point favorites. But... After that Ball State performance, whatever you want to call it, however you want to sum up that masterpiece, a lot of Irish fans like yourself are feeling a little on edge, not just this week but going forward. you think this game could be trap potential Notre Dame, 14, two touchdown favorites?
1: Well, if they play the way they did last week, they're going to lose. Uh, they were terrible last week. And look, I said even after they beat Michigan, I think they're going to go 9-3. and three. I don't look at Notre Dame's eighth rankings Uh, it's not going to hold all season. They're, to me, not a top-ten team. They're more of that next year where 11-20, to to 11-25. I just think offensively they're too inconsistent. But the offensive line was terrible. This is a Ball State team that was one of the worst rush defenses in the country last year. And Notre Dame couldn't establish the line of scrimmage against them, and they were basically only rushing three or four. So that's a big problem. Vanderbilt second in the country in sacks. They're, I think, top five in tackles for loss. I don't think Notre Dame, I think last week's game will be a kick in the butt and get them a bit motivated where they can't overlook another opponent. But I am worried that this offensive line, again, their O-line coach left for the Chicago Bears. He had Zach Martin, Ronnie Stanley, Mike McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson, all top 15 picks that he coached. Now there's Jeff Quinn that's coming over as an analyst. He's the O-line coach. And it doesn't seem like they have the consistency that they had in the past. I, I'll say I'll lean towards saying Notre Dame gets their act together and steps up and performs well enough to cover this line this week. But Vanderbilt does do a few things well defensively, which would worry me. I just I go back to it is Vanderbilt. Notre Dame was so bad last week mm. that if they can't turn the corner this week and show signs that they can, you know, again, they're a top 10 team on paper. If they can't beat down Vanderbilt, which will probably be sixth or seventh in their own SEC division. That's a really bad sign going forward. So I'll have faith in my Irish. I'll say they cover. But if they play like last week, they're going to lose. Notre Dame was very fortunate to win that game last week. And that's against the Ball State team. That's a lower-tier max goal.
0: Yeah, that's a, a little redundant lower-tier max school. But, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. And uh, I think this is a, this is This this has to be that statement, that Michigan playing bad team statement game where I know Vanderbilt's toward the bottom of the SEC. But it's still an SEC school. So... Yeah, I'd be a little nervous if Notre Dame doesn't start playing a little better this week. I'll tell you though, Matt, one bet that I really like and I'm just gonna throw it out there. Oklahoma State plays Boise State this week, two point favorites. I like the over. It's yeah. Sixty four yeah. and a half. I'm I'm really liking this, this
2: well, bet. Well, really quick before we move on, I just wanted to I wanted to say something about this game. I uh, I'm just excited that we're getting to a point in the season where we don't just have to jump to conclusions after the last one game because now we've had two games to look at them. Some I think, data, yeah, yeah, I, we've seen them perform well against Michigan. We've seen them struggle. I think that you know we we know Notre Dame has it in them. I think that they're going to cover that spread pretty easily. Just okay. wanted to throw it out there. Okay, but.
0: would you like the over as well in this Boise Oklahoma State game?
2: Uh, what was the over again? Sixty four and a half. Uh Yeah, I do. I do. I don't see either team with, a, with too strong of a defense. I think they could both put up points. This could be
0: easily over. Ken, I just like how Oklahoma State plays in regards to getting to your over. <laughs> it feels like they're just rushing up and down the field.
1: Yeah, and if they're going to win this game, it probably needs to go over because Boise State, their offense looks to be the best they've had since Kellen Moore was there. They're moving the ball up and down the field. Last week against UConn, they had 400-plus passing yards and 400-plus rush yards. It's the first time in school history they've ever done that. They were very efficient. Brett Rippian's been great at quarterback, and I would say pretty likely that that does go over, so I'm with you on that. I think that that's a good investment. That's one that you can look at and say, chances are Oklahoma State, they're not the type of team, if you watch – and we've watched plenty of Oklahoma State games over the years because they've been a really competent, good team. But they've won games against good teams. It's almost never 20 to 17. Mm-hmm. It's almost always in the 30s, maybe sometimes the 40s. So I think for Boise State, I feel very confident they score 30-plus. So if Oklahoma State were to win the game, they're going to need to score 30-plus as well.
0: I guess that leads to a bigger kind of statement or question, guys. In regards to maybe if you if the casual game or the degenerate is thinking about making a parlay, I kind of like those same game ones where the scenario of how is Oklahoma State going to cover the spread, win this game, they're going to have to score a lot of points. So yes. if you're confident, yep. take Oklahoma State and the over.
2: That's one of the best ways to do it on like a Monday night when you just have Monday night football. I know what you were saying, you don't know, bet, bet on Monday football. But if you want to parlay, just parlay the team spread and eat it over under, depending on how you think it's going to go.
0: I say that, and then I don't listen to myself when Stanford wins. Yes, <laughs> yes, so I know.
1: Or you can do it the, uh, the Gothard way on Labor Day night and bet first quarter, second quarter, third yeah. quarter, fourth quarter, all Virginia Tech and win them all.
0: Do I have or to play, lose
2: them all. Do I, do I
0: have to play poker, too?
2: It's a good time. <laughs>
1: is that, no, is oh that yeah. part of well, the no, time. no, no, no. It's no it's no, no video time. blackjack.
0: Oh, but yeah. Poker's <laughs> want, fun, too. I just want to know where the Gothard way stops. All right, it uh, doesn't.
1: <laughs> With that but, said, by the way, I think, I think Boise State's going to win this game. I, I think too. Boise State's the better team. I think they have less question marks. If you look at Oklahoma State, their most established offensive player is still the running back, and I feel like to win this game, Cornelius quarterback's going to have to be the guy. And I think he will have a good game. I just feel like Boise State right now, they look to be the best group of five team there is. I think they're going to win this game close, but I feel like even though it's on the road, I expect uh, Boise State to get the win in Stillwater. But I hope it's a fun game because that's one of the games I'm most looking forward to.
0: Absolutely. Should be a barn burner. Here's the barn burner, though, the CBS game of the SEC version this afternoon, the Saturday afternoon. LSU and Auburn, our first big SEC heavyweight matchup of the season. Ooh. Matt, Auburn. At home, nine-and-a-half point favorite over Coach O and LSU, who's already beaten a Miami team this year. Burrow's looking solid at quarterback, but Auburn at home, more than a touchdown, over-under is about 45.
2: Which way do you see this game going? There's two ways this game's going to go. I'm seeing it as 10-and-a-half on my my device here. So if it's it's 10-and-a-half, that's a a little different story than 9-and-a-half. But um, this game could be a 13-to-3 game. Or it could be a forty-three to three game. It just kind of depends on <laughs> well, how good to LSU's know. defense. <laughs> that's good to know. No, but I, I'm going to go. I, I would say I, I would. I would. I like LSU. I like the way that they have uh, they've come out this season. I think I would take them.
0: Cover, but not win out. Yeah,
2: I don't think they're going to okay. win, but I would take the ten and a half. What do you think, Kent?
1: First of all, I can guarantee the Tigers cover, and the Tigers win.
2: Ooh, I know that. Guarantee. Lock it in. There it is. Little, little controversy here.
1: But realistically, I'm with Gossard almost exactly. I think LSU probably loses, but they cover. That's a lot of points for them to not step up and actually, like, you know, if it was like a four-point line or six-point line, I might say Auburn probably does cover that, but nine and a half, especially if you can get it at ten and a half, I would, I would take LSU because the one thing LSU does well is they play defense. Now, they do have some players banged up, and that's the one issue of why this line is kind of held, is some of their best defensive players might miss this game. But well, we know LSU recruits, they have depth, and I also don't necessarily think Albert's running game has been so good this year yet that I could definitively say, remember last year when they started having carry on Johnson was getting like 150, 200 yards down the stretch every yeah. week? If they were rolling like that, then I would say they cover but they don't quite have that yet. So I'm gonna go with Gothard here. I agree. LSU loses, but they cover the lot.
0: I think the under looks good too. Just because LSU is if their strength is just beasts up front, especially in that interior defense. And Auburn we saw against Washington, not really gonna go for the jugular. They're they're more than happy to try to grind out a win, even if they're in the lead later in this game, they're not trying to extend it. So I this would be a great football game. Tell us a lot about the state
2: of the SEC West. It's gonna be a boxing match, man. It's gonna be a boxing match.
0: So here's a line here on Running With the Money that I saw and I it stopped me in my tracks. I thought maybe somebody had slipped me something in my drink. Alabama, twenty one point favorites only against Ole Miss. Alabama, night game, Ole Miss. Kent twenty one point favorites. Too good to be yeah, true. I don't get or am this I line. missing
1: something? Oh, this is definitely a line that should be adjusted by, like, seven or eight points. I just – I don't get this line. I love Alabama in this line. I think I texted you guys, like, Sunday afternoon when the line came out, and I said, okay, we have our money moneymaker pick. Let's not overthink this. I thought you know. Alabama's going to score 50-plus. Like, if you look at Ole Miss's defense, it can't stop anybody. So 50-plus points doesn't seem to be that hard to pull off here. And for Ole Miss, we know Ole Miss is a good offense. There's no denying that. They're going to move the football
3: more than Louisville did or Arkansas State did. For Ole Miss to cover this line, they need to score almost at least 30 points because Bama's scoring 50-plus. And so when you look at this game, I look at this line, and I'm thinking, unless somehow Alabama's defense is much worse than we think game in which Bama covers, and frankly they probably cover by 10, 14 points, I think it's more likely Bama wins by 30-plus than they do like 14 or 10 so overall I love this line I think we should not overthink this much and this should be our moneymaker pick or at least this is my nomination for okay. our moneymaker pick Bama minus the 21 and that they cover easily okay
2: Ken you're kind of cutting out on me but that, I don't really need any more <laughs> uh, advice because see in southern Illinois put up 41 on Ole Miss is all I need to know I, I'd take Bama minus twenty eight if it was there.
0: I just want to know how many. I think the better bet would be how many plays from this game are going to be on two as Heisman acceptance reel. Probably five. <laughs> like this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be the moment when everybody is like, okay, Saban, you have no choice at quarterback now. I know Ole Miss has a has a good, decent offense, but their their defense
2: well, can't stop anybody, and, and Bama's just gonna.
0: Crush their soul.
2: And this is probably the last game that Jalen Hurts is going to play in, right? So you got to think of it as any time that he plays, he's going to be trying to to show off to get that transfer highlight reel as well. And uh, so as long as Jalen Hurts is going to be active, I'm going to be betting on Alabama. So we'll see. Yeah, we
0: certainly will. We're probably going to circle back to that game towards the end of the, the end of the show here. Uh, a couple more games to get through before we get to our money maker pick. I really like Mizzou on the road at Purdue. I know that might be a degenerate pick, so to speak, but only a, a little less than a touchdown. I see six and a half at Purdue. Purdue's not very good this year. Mizzou has Drew Lock. I think covering a
2: touchdown should
0: be easy. relatively easy. It for should be team. pretty
2: easy. I was not. I haven't been impressed by them. Sometimes Purdue, you know, they have a good defense and they're able to hang with teams, but this year they haven't. They haven't really looked up to par with past teams.
0: And Drew Locke taking over that Shea Patterson role, Kent, of just shredding bad SEC teams.
3: Yeah, Purdue last week lost to Eastern Michigan at home. So, overall, I th- I'm with you. I think Mizzou probably covers.
0: Yeah, this is going to be the- – that'll be one to-, to watch as well. The primetime game, just want to get through three more. Ohio State, TCU, 12 points on the road at TCU, Ohio State's favorite.
2: Y'all know where I'm going.
0: Yeah, well, we, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is the drawback of betting against Ohio State every week is that we're trying to <laughs> – But I'm,
2: I'm going to just go ahead and say tough, because I've lost $200 on this, I'm going to be putting $100 on the money line for TCU. So I don't want the 12. Money I'm just line. taking the money line because I need, I need the money back. So let's get that loss. I, let's get that loss.
0: 12, 12 and a half, Kent. can Ohio Can Ohio State comfortably cover this line? I know it's not a stronger TCU team, but it's a coach in Patterson that gets up for big games and schemes defensively. You think this is relatively easy work for Ohio State, or do you think there's going to be some issue covering this spread?
3: I would honestly just say avoid this line just because if it is somehow close, I haven't seen Ryan Day as a head coach yet yeah. to know how he'll adjust or what he'll do. So with me, I, lo- I know we if Patterson's capable. I do think that this will be a game that Greg Schiano is more involved in in the second half in terms of helping Ryan Day along if he needs to be. But I would say avoid it because I, just, I don't know. With Urban Meyer, I know what he's capable of. Right. With Ryan Day, I don't really have an answer.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm an Ohio State fan, and I say stay away from this game. It's too There's too many unknown variables. Primetime game for day, first primetime night game for Haskins. Ohio State should be the better team with that pass rush. They should be uh, doing some serious damage. USC-Texas, another game, another interesting rematch. Texas almost stole it last year at USC. After the SC loss last week, and I know Texas lost to Maryland, Matt, Texas is a three-point favorite at home. This seems bizarre to me, that and I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not singing the praises of SC being this great, powerful team on the national scene this year. But Texas three-point favorites, even at UT, just seems off.
2: I mean, in the in the world that I live in, this is a bounce-back week for USC. They are not going to drop like four games straight here. I think that they're gonna they're gonna bounce back. Texas, I just don't believe in them yet. I think that they're they're on their way back. But they're not back to that powerhouse team. I think that I, I would take the money line for USC. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement as well. I don't think Texas is that good, and, and we know that college teams have nine different lives. They have multiple personalities. Yep. And I think USC bounces back and wins this football game.
3: The main reason I'll take Texas, though, is because Tom Herman, I think Herman's a better coach than Clay Helton. And also, Clay Helton on the road has been terrible. At home, he's great. I think USC's won almost 20 straight home games. But on the road, they got crushed by Notre Dame last year. They lost to Wazoo. They struggle against good teams. And I think that will continue. I'm going to take Texas. My main reason being, I like their head coach more in terms of X's and O's. I think he's a better coach. And then also, USC just doesn't win big road games currently. So I'm going to go Longhorns on this one. I think they win.
2: Guys, can I just interrupt really quickly? I'm so sorry. I don't mean to hijack this, but I just saw a line on here that is blowing my mind. Ball State plus 14 and a half against Indiana. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. I'm totally going to take that 14. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a rivalry. No. It's, uh, it, Wow. Okay. That's Ball a, State. That's a lot. It is a lot of points for Indiana. To they, be... And they
2: looked good last week against Notre Dame.
0: They did. I, uh, I don't know. I... <laughs> Ball State, Indiana. We are really scraping the bottom of the the game. Well, you know what, though? I do think SC Texas is, getting back to that game, going to have some interesting ramifications because if USC loses this game, things could be very difficult for Clay Helton for the rest of the season with how the boosters have been and how Sam Darnold basically saved his career by turning out to be the player that he did. So something to monitor there. Last game to talk about, Kent Washington and Utah. Pac-12 after dark has... Really a barn burner this year, this week I should say, with Washington going on the road to Utah as five-point favorites. Utah, not the easiest place to play. That home field advantage steals a few games every year. Is this Washington's bounce back a couple weeks after that Auburn loss, or do you think Utah is going to make things very difficult for them?
3: I think, first of all, Utah has a lot of question marks. If you look at that last week, they needed a defensive touchdown late just to separate from Northern Illinois and score 17 points. I think the under looks pretty good in this game at 47, especially what I would like to do in this game would be you talk about parlays. What about a teaser in this game where you tease Washington to a pick'em and you tease this under up to 53 or 53-and-a-half, depending on what it says, I don't see this game getting up in the 30s, which means your under would probably Mm. hit. And then on the other hand, if you just think Washington can win outright, you take the Huskies. On the other hand, if you feel like maybe Washington doesn't step up to the plate, tease Utah up, they're probably good enough not to lose by 14 points. So I think the teaser is the way to go here. I think Washington wins. I'm just not so sure they cover. But I really like the under mixed in with the Washington You pick them basically.
0: It's hard for me not to say Washington's going to win this game. I've just seen bizarre stuff happen at the Utah field. So maybe I'm just saying stay away from this game is my ultimate thing because I, I feel like this has all the makings for why is this game close going into the final minutes.
2: Well, as a degenerate gambler, there's no way you can stay away from this game because it's the late game. So, like, you're already going to be in yeah. it. There's no way you're going to see it and be like, no, I'm not getting on it. But, Kent, I agree with you. I think the under is the way to go on this because both these – I could see this being 13-10, to 10, you know? So I, I agree with you.
3: Yeah, neither team would be upset about that, too. That's one way you have to look at some of these over-unders is, and that's why I said in week one, the Michigan-Notre Dame under, for instance, or things like that. This is a game that if both teams, it's 13-10 to 10 with seven minutes left, neither team's going to be upset about that or disappointed. They probably want a lower-scoring, defensive-minded game.
0: Yeah, well, that's the late-night game. And, yeah, unfortunately, as Matt put it so eloquently, we're all going to probably be on it Oh it's yeah. the last— Last big game of the night. All right, moneymaker time. We're one and two on the season. So, hey, that's a good batting average, by the way. Yeah. A lot of MLB players would love to hit 500, but we got to keep it. We got to bounce back this week. And I think we all know where we're going, Kent. I'll let you do the honors.
3: Again, I nominated Ole Miss to just get crushed by alabama so i think bama officially is a 21 is that what we're going with here alabama minus 21
0: we're gonna do 21 and a half in the interest of fairness. let's buy the point shouldn't in, matter in the interest <laughs> of fairness this this is going to be posted on friday and we're doing it for you the people listening
2: By the point, everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're saying it like we think this could be the difference. Come on. We were all like, it would be fine. No, it won't be. It won't be the difference. It won't be the difference. Kent, we're going to all pin this on you if we get it wrong, even though I don't think that'll be the case. But all right, it's going to bounce back there. Moneymaker pick, Alabama to cover, three touchdowns against Ole Miss. Love it. (laughs) Saving. I don't know if I'm really going to detest Nick Saban if he doesn't pull this off for me.
2: Well, yeah, it'll be an easy way to start hating Alabama again because right now I'm starting to become a fan. Oh man, starting oh, saying "roll tide" on Saturday.
3: Yeah, Gothard. Right now, it's yeah, it's funny right now in the season. It does seem to be Gothard's all in on Alabama minus whatever, and then Ohio State <laughs> against <laughs> the team that plays Ohio State minus plus whatever. So far, it's worked out on one end, hasn't worked out on the other. But I'm with him right now. Alabama looks so. Good. It's hard to not think that they won't cover most of the games they play this year. Yeah. Well.
2: But <laughs> nope. before we go, I got one more game that sounds good. Is uh, Duke um, plus seven <laughs> against <laughs> against Baylor. I love it. They're We watched them against uh, Northwestern last week. Baylor. I don't believe in them. I'm telling you guys. That's that's a you're gonna, that's also going to be a lock Duke Baylor. Yeah,
3: but the one issue with the one issue with Duke is Daniel Jones, they're all ACC quarterback, broken collarbone. He's out probably the next six to eight weeks at minimum, and then their all ACC cornerback is also injured. So Duke's arguably two of their top three players won't be playing in this game, and that includes their three year starting quarterback. So mm. I don't know that the, there would be issues. There there would be reasons not to pick Duke in this game because Daniel Jones is going to get drafted in the NFL draft and like I just I don't know I don't know who their backup is I don't have enough faith that Duke necessarily has top tier backups if if everything was healthy I would be with you on this because I just think David Cutcliffe's a great coach and he gets the most out of his players but when you lose your second best defensive player and probably your best offensive player that's not the easiest transition
0: no Fair point. <laughs> Stay <laughs>
2: talked away, everybody. I'm off the
0: ledge. That's impressive. Um, all right, guys, this was fun. Another week in the books. Any other sports that we want to? We go over big boxing matches. Yeah, week. I was
2: going to say we got to talk a little bit about that. Right? I'm
0: on Triple G minus 155. It's it's come down a little bit from he was originally a much bigger favorite, but Triple G, I think, won the first fight. Is the better boxer. I'm going with Golovkin in this fight. And I can't wait for it. I'm a boxing fan. There's not as many big fights anymore.
2: I'm going with the money line and the steroids. So, you know, it's two two things going for it. So I'm taking Alvarez.
3: Okay. Can't
0: you weigh in on this one?
3: Any Triple best- G. Yeah. I'm with, I'm, I'm, see, Gothard, I'm going the opposite way of him on this one. And that Canelo can't hide his steroids anymore. It's not going to help him. Triple G wins. And I think, I think. He probably wins on points. I don't necessarily see there being a knockout. So if you're going to bet the rounds, maybe bet over 11.5 and just basically win on decision. But I'm with yeah. Mitch here. I think Triple G gets the win.
0: You can get, from what I've seen, you can get Triple G by decision at plus 200. So maybe that's the bet. Or I mean, if you think Alvarez is going to yes. win, by, you know, maybe that's the way to go decision for whoever you think is going to win to really increase your chances. Because last fight, a lot of shots were landed. Two of the toughest chins in boxing, and it went 12 rounds. So it's going to be hard, I think.
2: It's going to be awesome to, have to have watch, knockout. though.
0: Should be fun. Any other sports we want to talk about?
2: Um, oh, NFL, real quick pick. <laughs> Cowboys minus three against the Giants. I think uh, they're going to be bouncing back this week. Zeke's going to be running down the throat of that defense. Um, so that's my quick uh, random NFL pick. Any other
0: ties, Kent,
2: that we should be predicting? <laughs>
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Any other ties? Yeah, that uh, Steelers-Browns game was just such a treat last week.
0: What an embarrassment. That's the text I got from Kent, a Steelers fan to me, a Browns fan. Just
2: what an embarrassment. But they don't need (laughs) love. They don't need love.
3: It was not only an embarrassment for the Steelers, it's just an embarrassment for everybody involved, including all the Browns. That's a game the Browns basically had to win. The Steelers gave it away. No, I agree. no, they were down 7 to 21. Steelers gave the game away about seven times, Look. and yet the Browns could not finish it. You Look. You can't say that's embarrassing Look. for the Browns. They it were is down embarrassing. 7 to 21, they came back.
0: You can't win the turnover, but what? give me another game this year where the Browns are going to be plus five, six, one in the turnover battle, battle and still lose. I, I mean, disagree. I'm just, I, I'd have to disagree, but this is another example of I'm just sick and tired of Hugh Jackson um, volume 37. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I said this to a buddy of mine during the game. I said to him, I said, hey, look, I know sports gambling is legal now, but. I would not be shocked if I found out that Big Ben is like owes oh, some bookie heavy, heavy money. The way Big Ben played in that game, there were multiple passes where he was just like, yeah, I kind of give up any hope. Here you go, Browns. And they would just take advantage of it. It was a bizarre game. It was one that I just, frankly, I thought was funny by the end of the game. I was just laughing when it seemingly neither team could do anything positive in the final seven or eight minutes of that overtime. Yeah, it was. As I said to you, it was an embarrassment and – i stick with that i think it was embarrassing on all levels
2: made my Bengals plus 800 to win the afc north look a little more tasty so we'll see what yeah. happens on uh th- tonight we have i eight. also
3: love the stat that it said browns oh oh and one best <laughs> start yeah. since 2004 yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep
0: that is a fact unfortunately um Oh, man. I, I really wanted to end the show on a more positive note, but here we are. <laughs> All right, Running With The Money, week three. Guys, a pleasure as always. Kent, thanks for calling in. Matt, thanks for stopping by. No problem. We'll see. Moneymaker Bama is the pick. Minus 21 and a half. Until next week, this was Running With The Money.